they're like, well, aren't you afraid when you go out or this and that? It's like, yes, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're not, then there's something wrong. And, but it's about being able to think through that. Um, so, you know, fear and anxiety will happen because there's always that unknown. We don't know everything around the corner, but we have to accept it, but we have to go into it with our best mindset and, you know, put the best effort in and you can, you can kind of conquer those. So that's what they say is, you know, let it, if it comes in, just don't let it destroy you or control you. Think through it and act through it. Trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting edge voices in every industry. This is the Ironclad Podcast. All right, everybody, today's guest, Chili Palmer. If you're not following Chili Palmer on Instagram, you're missing out, he's the man. Okay, he's a 25-year military vet from Special Operations. He's an instructor at SIG Academy. And most recently, he was a military technical advisor on the new Netflix Chris Hemsworth film, Extraction. Ladies and gentlemen, Chili Palmer. Well, uh, let's kick this thing off. I know last time we had a great conversation, and 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 you'll have to forgive me for bouncing back into some of those things. But I think we we t- I took so many great lessons away from leadership, but also some of the cool stories you had to say. And I, I you know, last time we started off by talking about some of the things and projects that you have in the works. But your career has just evolved and evolved and evolved since your service. Can you talk about a little bit how you find where you are today, and 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 a little bit about your journey from being in to now? Basically, you know, 25 years in the military, like we talked beforehand some, but, uh, you know, from that retirement and then going to work for a Norwegian company uh, in 2014, then with basically the small drones, the, uh, the PD-100 Black Hornet. And then from that, it's morphed into being acquired by FLIR as a company, small company. So now we're a big company. And then, um, you know, chance meeting at SHOT Show through a friend with my buddy uh, meeting Patrick Newell, the producer. And then from that, it's morphed into being able to to do some of the movies itself, some of the projects. So, um, you know, two under the books right now, and hopefully we'll have some more uh, coming shortly. Yeah, that's great. And I know the most, ex- uh, the most recent one is Extraction. This is an extraction. So who the players? Biggest drug lord in India versus biggest drug lord in Bangladesh. <laughs> Some mythic shit, huh? It's a kidnapping. Drug lord's son. Clock's running at 16 hours. Proof of life as of six hours ago. You do exactly as I say. Who are you? Name? Obi. What is it like working with guys like Hemsworth or, or Sam? Oh, it's pretty incredible, actually. I mean, the, the nice thing is that you really get to learn who the person is, you know, as a person, as a real person, than just the, the actor or actress or, um, or stuntman, producer, director. So it was pretty neat because, you know, Chris is just a down to earth individual. And then Sam Hargrave is just, you know, just another guy that if you met on the street, you'd never know what success he's had and and the person he is. And he just has an incredible work ethic and just uh, really, you know, another nice human being. 
Yeah, and I, I know there's a lot of um, similar mindset traits. Can you talk about what that's like uh, and, and what kind of traits they have for a guy like you? I know these are hard-charging guys. These aren't um, let me sit in my trailer, blow AC, you guys do the hard work, I'll sit back and come in when I'm ready, right? They're, they're, they're willing to get into it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of like that, you know, the military statement of hurry up and wait. So, you know, they're good at that by means of they're ready to – to be there early, ready to do the work and understand that sometimes you got to wait a little bit in between things, especially if it's setting up the cameras for a different shot or anything. You know, Chris was eating his lunch on, on set itself. He wasn't going back to the trailer to do things. So when Sam would say, Hey, can we get another shot at this? You know, Chris, boom, jumped up right away. Yep. Okay. Let's go. Let's go do this. You know, he's out in the heat, the sun, everything with, uh, you know, everyone else that's out there. He's not underneath an umbrella or hanging out with a fan or anything like that you know, which is pretty incredible because he's out there willing to do everything. And Sam is, of course, right in the mix of it all, you know, willing to do um, basically what needs to be done to get the right piece for the shot. Yeah, that's cool. And I know that your job out there is to make sure things are as realistic as possible. And finding that balance between real and realistic is is always the challenge on set. Can you tell me how you were able to um, find that groove and find that balance and trust? Yeah, so I think what helped me was having a, a bunch of guys that were um, involved that kind of took me in, you know, from the, the weapons folks, the, the security guys, uh, those, uh, and then also like the, the guy, the medic and everything for the set. So it was good because there was a small group of military folks. And, you know, they took me in in a way and helped me with a lot of that as far as just understanding, hey, this is Hollywood, but yet still try to get it the most realistic as you can. And so I think um, it was understanding really the needs of what needed to be happened, kind of what they wanted, you know, to be seen on the cameras and then being able to work through some of that to get that vision there. So, um, you know, the hard charging piece, like anything else, it's, it's, it's do it, you know, get out there and, you know, how can we make this as authentic as, as possible, but yet still fit that camera mode. And I think um, what was nice was having like, you know, Chris was very willing to, to do things very, you know, he is, wants it to look good. So it, that really matters to him. It's not just out there to do the job of being, you know, an actor. And then Sam was um, basically would ask questions as well. Hey, what about this? What would we do here? So it was neat because, you know, I got to actually interject with uh, a lot of that stuff on the bridge. And, and I think from that helped out because, you know, can't go in there like a first sergeant sitting there saying, hey, you're going to do this, this and this you know, it's understanding. So it's kind of that cross-cultural communication. When we talk like going to different embassies, you're dealing with different folks along the staff. You have to have a relationship with everybody, but every relationship is unique. Yeah. And I think that uh, this next question is kind of two part, right? And because finding that, that relationship groove, finding that communication groove um, is, is always a challenge. But once you find it, there's a real camaraderie. There's high stakes. There's oftentimes safety involved. Um, a lot of trust goes involved. Can you kind of draw a parallel from what it's like real world being downrange um, with with your guys uh, when you're in the military versus being on a high stakes set like this? Um, can you kind of draw the parallels in relationships of what that's like working with guys closely? Yeah, I think, you know, like an easy way to put it is, you know, there's an op order on both sides. So you're having your your five paragraph op order and, you know, execution, as we know, is, you know, the meat and potatoes of everything. 
So there's a lot of rehearsal, a lot of um, prep that goes into it. So just like doing a, a target, if it's a high stakes environment or uh, target itself, you're going to rehearse that. You're not just going to go out there and just, you know, wing it. So I think that's a lot of the things too that happened that I saw was there's a lot of rehearsal that goes into it. The stunt guys aren't just doing stunts. You know, they're out there doing the previs. They're out there doing the walkthroughs. They're out there filming that previs so that they can show the actors, hey, this is kind of the sequence of events. This is kind of how it will go. They're also, you know, refining those movements when it actually gets on set with all the the different things brought in, like the cars and everything, and now actually being on a bridge. So I think the rehearsal piece is huge. Then the execution, you know, that's, that's a, you know, nuts and bolts of everything. And it's down to, you know, this person does this, this person does this and so forth. So very detailed, you know, but within that, then you're also having your safety side and safety is no joke when it comes to anything. And when you're playing with anything, you know, with helos, uh, get guys jumping off helos onto a bridge, you know, sitting there on the, on the skids flying around, uh, other aircraft flying to do the aerial photography, you know, a lot has to go into the safety factor. So even like getting on the helos, it was that pilot's brief, you know, it's like, okay, Hey, here's the aircraft makeup, this, that, the other, if we have to egress from it, this is best way to go. If you have to shut the bird down because you know, the pilots can't, this is what you do. So I think a lot of that, um, you know, was the same as far as the safety measures. Yeah. When you are, um, involved in something like that, are you, how are you imparting that, that, that knowledge onto these folks that you're working with? You know, because obviously when you're working with someone in the military, you guys understand the stakes, you understand you've been there and oftentimes training has, has shown these, you might be working with someone super green on set or PAs and all these different people. Are you able to impart some of that mindset to those folks? And where do you find that balance? Yeah, that's a tough one because in the military, you can always say, hey, you know, listen to what the heck I say. Don't, don't you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm in charge type thing. Right. Um, I think there on set, it's really uh, briefing folks that that have the um, the ability to, to speak to many on set to sit there and say, hey, this is kind of what we need to look at. Um, and, and the one guy, Q, that was a medic out there and also the safety, you know, he did an awesome job as far as a lot of that work an ex-Marine, so definitely, you know, had his time overseas as well. So it was easy for him to really relate to that. And then he could be that stern individual because, you know, when somebody is safety, especially even on set with things nowadays, again, that's a huge piece because, you know, there have been accidents all throughout, you know, um, the movie industry and everybody tries to mitigate risk. So um, having somebody like that, that was involved with the safety, that, had a military background makes it a lot easier. And then I think it's just, again, like I say, getting with some of those other, the senior folks to, for them to understand, Hey, this is, this could be catastrophic. If something happens here, this thing, this, this, and this have to be mitigated for it to be safe. And then of course they could put it out to the many. Yeah. And, and there's something about um, veterans that are special on set. They, you know, anytime we have vets on set, especially people that come from special operations background, it elevates everyone on set in, in the, the, the way that you guys can, can carry yourself, the way that you tie purpose to things, the way that you're able to um, keep your composure. For us, it's been so huge. We've taken so many uh, great things, great practices away from, from those um, folks that we've been able to collaborate with. Did you notice that uh, 
when you do work with other vets in those types of situations, the extra value that are that's being brought to the table? Have you noticed that at all, being kind of on both sides of the coin now? Yeah, I, I do. And, and what's nice with it, again, is kind of like I mentioned a little bit, is being brought in and having like the guys accept me as a team and be able to say, hey, look, you know, this is this is the way you do things. This is the way not to do things and so forth because they've had the experience doing this a lot longer as far as within that um, business. Um, but then also it's a, you can also, you know, bounce things off for the sanity check easily. And, you know, they can come up to you again and give you constructive criticism, whether it be good, bad, or, you know, just straight ugly, but yet you can take it because you know, they're doing it from the right place. You know, they're not coming up. They're just trying to belittle you or anything like that. It's really to, to assist and make things better or to keep things safe. So I think it does add a lot and having veterans out there, um, you know, that can speak to, to folks. And again, that cross-cultural communication, being able to have understanding who they need to talk to, how, and then have the relationships, you know, within, I think that's, that's great within the business. Yeah, I think it's huge, man. I think um, one of the biggest things is for, for at least uh, I consider myself a high performer. I always want to focus on the best, be the best, always try to uh, critique myself, identify my weaknesses, focus on those, grow. And when I start getting around guys that have not only done that, but been willing to lay down their life for that, for, for, for that on, on your end, for the flag, right? And, and for, the, for purpose and for meaning, it, it really um, challenges my motives or it challenges uh, how far I'm willing to go and, and pushes me. What has been the challenge on your end coming from an organization where people are willing to go in as far as they need to go into an organization that I'm clocking out or I'm the best, but they haven't had the same type of stakes. What have been those types of challenges as you come in and start working with guys that are high performers, but haven't had to go as far as you've had to go? I, th I think the biggest challenge is people, again, it's not understanding, you know, a little bit of what, really goes on overseas or what, how people give and how you're in the military, you give up certain things to protect certain, you know, pieces. We protect the constitution essentially. So, you know, with all that, there's no timeout. There's no redo on a lot of things nowadays because things are now real. It's not just a training piece. You know, we've been in sustained combat for, for quite a few years and it's the longest that we've ever done this. So there's a lot of lessons still being learned within that piece. But I think when some folks come out there and just realize, oh, well, it's time to quit. It's time to this. And it's, you know, I look back to like high school doing a, working at McDonald's. You know, there's always those people that just want to leave. Granted, I did, too, at that point, you know, sitting behind there cooking burgers. But um, it's doing the job and doing it right and doing it safe and then understanding sometimes you have to sacrifice your own little piece of the pie to, to make something successful. And I, I think you know, it's just balancing that out a little bit with some folks and somehow being able to then motivate them or change their thought a little bit as far as being able to give a little bit more versus, you know, clocking out per se. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and everybody handles it different. And we talked about this prior, but uh, finding those types of consultants that you can trust, that can elevate you, that can push you. I mean, it's just, it's priceless and it just becomes a part of your forever team. And, um, 
I know for a fact when, when the stress is on and, and, and the conviction level of making this so good and so true uh, is there, having that team that you can trust and you know will push themselves as hard as you're going to push yourself is, is priceless. Oh, I agree. And, you know, that's where, you know, relationship building comes into play. And then, you know, ha having surround yourself with good people that, you know, are going to work just like you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, uh, and we talked about this before, you know, you see a lot of these, uh, these pieces taking off, especially when it comes to, um, people with special operations backgrounds or anything else. Uh, we talked about Jack Carr's book getting picked up. What do you think that draw is for people with such a specialized background, um, from the military side? Why do, why do people want to, to absorb that content so much? I think people realize a little bit more, you know, how, for folks to be involved in that special operations side and everything else, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of self-sacrifice and there's, it's a different mindset. And some people are really amazed at that mindset that what people can do and what they can give up to, to really, you know, to what they believe in, you know, to the, to the flag, to the constitution, you know, to the U S as a whole. And I do think some people are realize they can't do it, but they are patriotic enough to actually, be interested in that and to really, you know, thank those folks that do it, but then, you know, support them as well. And then, so some of the draw of what we do and just realizing how, how much high stakes, you know, are out there for that job, people just have a respect for it. And I think they're just eager to learn. Yeah. Do you, do you tie the same style of purpose and the same type of purpose and the things that you're doing nowadays? Like what, even with these movies, think about the impact it's 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 not the same as what it is when you're overseas, but it's still a major impact with from the influencers that you're working with to the people that are viewing this. Where does your mind go when it comes to purpose and direction when you're interacting with folks like that? Um, I think a lot of it comes back to within, you know, the purpose is, you know, what am I doing? What am, what's going to support me? What's going to be right by me and my family? but then, you know, the direction of making things as realistic as you can. And some folks may not pick up on some of those little nuances, especially with the, you know, gun handling and everything else, but there's always the, the folks that you've either trained before um, or, you know, that are wanting to take a, a, a course from you. So it's them seeing that, you know, you're putting that effort into it and trying to make it as real as possible and not just some, you know, flashy thing. Um, so I think some of that, you know, goes, um, a long way. Uh, and then people just kind of, I think they pick up on it and appreciate it. And, um, but I think it's about really having that passion within too. Yeah, that's great, man. I, and, and before we shift into our, our pass it on section, I, there, there's one thing that, you know, we got a lot of vets that listen to this and someone like you, who's done so many great things and now are doing things that people don't even think is possible, right? Like being on a film like this and, and building your influence and, and creating these types of experiences, what would you tell someone who's getting out, right? Who's, who's kind of like, transition's tough. What's next? How do they find themselves into this awesome experience and more passionate things that they can get involved with? What would you tell someone who's, who's thinking about getting out or getting out and now they're like, what's next? Yeah, that's a tough one because I mean, I went through, you know, a lot of those same thoughts. It wasn't when I put my retirement in, I had no really idea what I was going to do. 
uh, and things work out. And things work out based off of relationships as well as, um, you know, just the, the normal drive that we have. So, you know, telling somebody like that, uh, I've talked to a couple, couple guys actually since uh, the movie came out, you know, that were in the military, whether it be the range battalion and stuff, but then they're like, you know, how, how can I get involved in this? And for me, and I say again, too, it was all about the relationships and having that choice or that chance contact and meeting, you know, now a good friend, Patrick Newell, you know, it's that relationship, that chance. And what happens there is that's because of relationships I established with friends uh, through the shooting community. And then it just led to another thing. And I think it's about go out and still do what you believe in, be passionate about what, you know, got you in the military to begin with, whether or not you retired or you're just doing, you know, four, six, eight years, whatever it might be, you know, but when you get out, you get a certain drive and, you know, have an end goal, have that goal. What, what is it that you want? You know, do you want to live in a certain area? Do you want to, you know, have a family, you know, you know, what is your end goal, you know, for right now? And, you know, just work hard towards that. Um, but it's about reach out to the friends that you know that you served with as well that got out or are still in and and just keep those relationships because things will happen and things will pop for that. Um, you know, I was able to connect a couple people uh, through basically friends, you know, that I met from doing the movie stuff and saying, hey, you know, if you have questions on this is here's some folks that live here and there. Um, so I think it's just veterans helping veterans as well. Um, I mean, if they want to get in the movies, it's a hard thing for me. It was, it was lucky again, going back to, you know, meeting Patrick. So, um, it's, it's a definitely like a, uh, you know, a finicky group, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's different and it, it's a lot smaller than what people think, but it's really a lot about the, the, you know, the military as a whole, as far as it's growing and it's good networks. Um, you know, there's just, yeah, there's, I, I think it goes back to really the relationships and then just really understanding your end goal and, you know, just being passionate about what you want to do. Well, we're going to move into our next segment because uh, this this was my favorite last time with you. This is my favorite uh, consistently. And this is, once again, this is kind of a speed round. We just kind of ask you a few questions and, and, and get your feedback on it. So um, I'll kick you off with uh, what's the best advice you've ever received? Um, going back to being humble, you know, understand that you're not perfect and we all make mistakes, but own them. And if somebody has some criticism for you, you know, take it, you know, not everybody's trying to belittle you. And, you know, especially in the military, there's a reason why things are said the way they are, but understand it, take it, build on it and improve yourself. That's great. Uh, what's one of the toughest lessons you've had to learn? I think, you know, it's uh, invincibility in a way, because I remember before I ever went in the military, I was that kid that wanted to go in. So Vietnam was the closest thing, you know, to my, um, my birth essentially. So with everything there, it was understanding, you know, that you're not invincible. Um, that was one of the things that I, I remember a quote, I forget what, what documentary I was seeing, but you know, you have to think you're invincible until, but once you get hit or once something happens and thank God, nothing happened to me in that manner, but you know, that is a crushing thing for you. But if you understand that you're not 
invincible from the beginning and understand that, you know, you can rely on your teammates and everybody else. I think, um, you know, just doing the right thing. I mean, so it's, it sounds kind of funny, like a superhero thing, but it's just understanding really that we're, you know, we're human and we can rely on each other. So just the invincibility is kind of a, a mindset. No, that's good stuff. All right. This one's a good one. This is across the board. Uh, I think you have, uh, you have a great life experience on, on both sides from um, the active duty to now on the civilian side. Um, what, uh, what do you do when fear and anxiety creep in? I think, you know, there's always a, there's a reason why, you know, fear and anxiety creep in. Um, but it's also to understanding that you can think through this and you can still solve things and don't let fear and anxiety control you. Um, you know, I was asked a long time ago during the beginning of the, the, the war, you know, um, they're like, well, aren't you afraid when you go out or this and that? It's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're not, then there's something wrong. And, but it's about being able to think through that. Um, so, you know, fear and anxiety will happen because there's always that unknown. We don't know everything around the corner, but we have to accept it, but we have to go into it with our best mindset and, you know, put the best effort in and you can, you can kind of conquer those. So that's what they say is, you know, let it, if it comes in, just don't let it destroy you or control you think through it and act through it. That's great. What is the biggest asset you take from your military service? I think um, the biggest asset really comes down to, you know, maturity, growing up and, and, and realizing, you know, a lot of things that you do as a, as a kid or, you know, even as a young soldier, you know, we, again, it kind of goes into the invincibility. Yeah, this is me. This, you know, the ranger mentality of things, but it's, um, it's just really growing and being mature. And um, I think there's a lot of things that I learned from and there's things I look back at. It's like, okay, yeah, now I know why they're saying that or why they did that. You know, it's still constantly understand what you did before. Um, you can still, you know, grow off of it. So just, uh, I think maturity is a huge thing for me. Um, so what do you think, uh, what, what is one thing you think a person should do every single day? Well, thank God for being alive and thank God for being in the U S gratitude. Mm -hmm. And it is man for those who have not traveled the world. It's a different place out there than the U S yeah. hundred percent. And you know, and it's every place is so unique. The first time I ever went to Asia back in geez, uh, 93, you know, it was, it was so neat to see it and understand how much these people do with, little to nothing, you know, and yeah, be thankful where you were born, be thankful, you know, to what you can do and the, the freedoms you have and protect it and don't destroy those freedoms. Yeah, that's great. And on top of that, take them and, and multiply, right? Like too much is given, much is required. A lot of us forget that we just sit around, take it for granted. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, then you get this mindset of just, you know, what's in it for me versus, you know, what, what can I do for my country? Yeah. It's great stuff. All right. So this one's on a, on a leadership side. Um, what should every leader do, um, seek to foster in themselves? Um, I think, you know, kind of a blended thing, you know, really maturity, confidence, 
but then also remember that uh, that side of the that humble piece, that humble pie. You know, understand you can't ask somebody to do something that you you won't do, but always remembering the moral and ethical piece of it. Um, so it's kind of a real blended, you know, uh, mold to be a leader. And you know, when understanding too, like the cross culture communication, you know, the relationships, how to talk to people. You know, you can't always talk to everybody the same way, and and understand that even as a leader, sometimes you may not see everything in the, the light that everybody else sees. So take into account that, you know, people under you can still, you know, they have a good vision, they have a good uh, mindset, they have a good, you know, work ethic, and you're there to mature. You know, you're not there to cut it down. And again, treat everybody as, you know, the best you can. That's good stuff. Um, all right. So there's some young listeners that listen to this. Um, what would you tell one of those young listeners who wants to make an impact but doesn't know how to get started? So I think in life in general, again, hitting back to, you know, what's your goal? What What is it that you want to do? Don't look at something in the short term and just try to always reach short-term goals. Understand what your long-term goal is in life. And then along the way, you have your short-term goals that lead that, you know, to success of that long-term. So actually try to plan things. Don't just be a fly-by-night type guy just hanging out there and waiting for somebody to give you something, you know, waiting for that handout, you know, you're only going to get as far as you make yourself uh, work and get, you know, climb that ladder, essentially, you know, you, nobody's going to push you up at the elevator is going to run out of juice. So just have those goals, understand that sometimes there's, and like I said, I don't want to really say like failures, but you're going to have mishaps or, you know, mistakes along the way, but knowing that you can still get to the same course that you wanted. What are you doing to track those goals personally? Do you do like monthly assessments? Are you writing them down? Are you doing them with your family? How do, how do, how does a guy like you do that? I, I do a lot of my own little notes. I don't so much do, uh, you know, write a lot of things down or anything like that outside really in a true context. My wife, uh, you know, made, makes a joke. She sent me a bunch of uh, three by five cards when I was deployed because I have three by five cards all over the place with my notes. So to me, it's little notes. Uh, kind of tracking, but then also just, you know, just thinking about things and understanding where I'm at, um, you know, seeing what, where I'd like to be, what I'd like to do with uh, the movie side, but then also still within the drone world, you know, that I'm my, essentially my full-time job. So it's just, I guess you could say it's so on the calendar because there's so many things that, you know, you're trying to accomplish, especially within um, the programmatic side of the world, acquisitional side for, for being a vendor now with the, you know, DOD and everything. So, um, yeah, just more of a mental note and, and then just little three by five cards every now and then. Nice. Yeah, I know if it's not on the forefront of your mind, it's, it'll fall back there. Uh, oh yeah. So, um, what's more important, uh, in your mind being a mentor or having a mentor? You know, that's twofold in a way, because, you know, if you can, become a mentor without knowing your mentor because you mentor someone else, but then you realize you're, you're, you're bringing others along the way is, is, is pretty neat. Um, if you go out there trying to say, well, I'm going to be a mentor, you know, you're never going to make that. So I think it's having somebody that, you know, you can look up to as a mentor and naturally if you succeed, you know, with a lot of their things that they had talked about their, you know, mindset, how they kind of, you know, developed you or, you know, just kind of helped you mature and stuff. 
you'll naturally become a mentor to somebody as you start growing. So having the mentor, I think, is huge. All right, action. So we'll do our wide and we'll do our close up here. Scene 101A, take three. Guys, is this my trailer? Let's do one of these and then we're good. All right, ready? That sun comes out for real right there. That's worth the fight. Three, two, one. All right, so this one's my favorite. This is how we wrap every episode. It's my favorite uh, question for everyone we talk to. Um, and it, it's this. If you could issue a one-week challenge to our listeners um, that would make an impact on their life, what would it be? Um, evaluate where you're at with your family. And, you know, just like in the military, I heard years ago was that whole piece of, you know, realize that this is going to end. And if you don't have your family with you, uh, then you'll have nothing essentially. So evaluate where you are with your family, um, understanding what your goals are as a family. And then, you know, just living that to the truest that you can. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I think that we've, it's, it's, it's usually the family that takes the hit first. It's like, well, they can handle it. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And, uh, it's unfortunate, but that's usually the case, at least for, at least it is for me. And, and it's, it's, that's, that's very powerful advice. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, even though I got out of the military, it's weird because I started traveling a lot, being a part of a small company, getting a new technology out there to the, to the U S side, you know, with the, black hornet and from that it was i was almost gone more you know than i was in the military granted military i i knew when my deployments were and how long they were so it was kind of easy to prep for that you still had you know the two weeks prior to it that you you're always fighting with your spouse because you don't know why but you realize because you don't want to be separated and you know you're preparing now and changing your mindset for that and they're trying to make everything perfect before you go and then when you get home it's you're reintegrating back into that family because that family had to keep moving. You know, they couldn't stop and wait for you to come home. So for me in the business world, you know, it was really balancing that again because I was traveling so much and I just had to realize that, hey, that, you know, I need to really, you know, look back and think of my family. And what can I do now with my wife to, you know, as her best quote, I think is, you know, making memories together. So what can we do to continue to grow since all the kids are gone and now it's grandkids? That's awesome, man. Great advice, great challenge. Uh, and uh, as always, it's been fun, man. What's next for you? Um, well, hopefully, you know, there's a few things maybe out there within the, uh, the movie side. We're just waiting to see what projects, you know, like everything with the, the COVID going on right now, how they, you know, move forward with things and hoping to be involved in a couple projects, um, you know, whether or not by the end of this year or starting um, basically in 2021, maybe with a fresh stat of uh, no COVID, who knows? Yeah, well, well, uh, we're going to be reaching out to you here. We got some stuff moving. We're still moving. We're not the uh, the 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 big union gigs. Those ones, man. That's they got to jump through some hoops right now. They got to jump through some big <laughs> hoops. So uh, we've got some stuff in the works. We're going to be reaching out to you soon. So hopefully we can make something happen together. Oh, that sounds great. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for for joining us. Huge, huge, huge um, asset and uh, just great advice, and, and we just can't wait to share it to the world. Thank you very much for all the time. Really appreciate it. Big thanks to Chili Palmer for being a guest on the Ironclad Podcast. Tons of great material out of this. Tons of great life advice. 
and uh, just an incredible guy. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at Chili Palmer Shooting. And as always, follow us on Instagram at This Is Ironclad. For more from the Ironclad Content Network, go to youtube.com slash This Is Ironclad.